Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. Much like the Elks depth chart on any given game day, you never know quite who is going to show up on the pod. This week, it is John, Tyler, Peter. I think a combination we've had once before uh, that turned out some pretty fire results. So everybody say hello. Hello. What's up and welcome. Happy to be back. All right. You know the drill by now. Reviewing the week that was, previewing the week that will be, talking a little fantasy, talking a little league leaders, um, and just kind of peppering takes throughout. Um, I don't know how you guys are coming into this week, but this week is going to be, I'm going to try to go away from the analytics and speak more from the gut. I want to have a more take-heavy week. Ooh, yeah, we need some takes. It's part of the time of the season now where it's time for some takes. Yeah, it's, you know what, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's, the, analytics have failed me. I've looked at the screen, I've said, I know who's going to win this game, and I've been wrong, you know, so many times. So it's time to just go with your gut. And that being said, we're starting reviewing with Ottawa beating Montreal uh, in the first game of Week 13. Uh, a game we all predicted incorrectly because we all incorrectly thought that Montreal, who was sitting at second in the East, was going to have something to play for. We thought that they were going to say, oh, Ottawa, you know, just picked up a win against Edmonton. We don't want to let them get hot. Let's beat them. You know, let's beat them. We were, we were at home. But no, no, that didn't happen. Ottawa beat Montreal by two touchdowns, 38-24. to 24. Starbuckle, is he officially back? A 300-yard <laughs> passing game. He's officially back. One touchdown. They were running the ball pretty well. Devontae Williams is, I think, a legit starting back in this league. Obviously, Tyler, your boy, Jalen Acklin going off. Went and defensively, off. they just brought the pressure. Lorenzo Malden added two sacks to his league leading 10. Um, they had... Two forced fumbles. They had two interceptions. Really, the story of the game is Montreal had four turnovers. Ottawa had none. So that's going to swing any game. Um, and Ottawa pulls out another win. So now they're only a single game back um, behind Montreal for second in the East. Um, they're in prime striking position, uh, which is I, I definitely Crazy. would not have guessed um, this time two weeks ago. Uh, now, they are going to go in against, against Toronto. They've beaten Toronto, but one would think that Toronto's the better team. Uh, but for me, the storyline coming away from this one is really sound like a, you know, a real father figure in this one. I'm, just, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in the Alouettes. I thought hmm. they would seize the moment a little bit more than they did. Um, while Ottawa, I think I love to see them succeed. I, this is a game you expect Montreal to win. And, and I was just shocked by kind of their carelessness. And, you know, it's the interceptions, it's the turnovers. Um, I, 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 was, I was disappointed. Um, what about you guys? Do you guys it's, have any thoughts on it's this It's not one? me, it's you, Montreal. Uh, yeah, Montreal is the biggest disappointment here. T. Harris played I, but, you know, I think I've dogged on multiple. There's a few defenses that have just kind of, taken shots at all season on this pod and the, the, the big two have taken shots at are the Montreal defense and the Hamilton defense <laughs> and unwarranted you've taken a lot of shots at the BC defense yeah and the BC defense which is totally <laughs> which is to, which is totally warranted no um, not at all continue com- continue it's completely warranted um just go look at their box scores it's completely warranted um, I have <laughs> never completely, mind completely warranted um yeah they just just you know, you thought after the, the Winnipeg game where they, they kind of kept Claros in check that, you know, maybe they had turned a corner, this, yes. this defense. And then they, they come, Nick Arbuckle hasn't started a game in how many months. Uh, and Well, he did start the previous week against Edmonton. Okay, sorry. Um, Your point stands. He's newly yeah. back to the field. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he comes out and he rips you a new asshole. And he just like, at all. <laughs> All the, all the momentum is on Montreal's side. They've been they've had they've been playing their best football yeah. all season coming into this game, and then they have the a, a major letdown game. I mean, a major letdown game because now to your point, Ottawa's just a game back, and so yeah. you've let them back in. You had a chance. This is a common theme this season in in the entire CFL, including Winnipeg, is just letting teams hang around. 
in the and usually the game, but now even the season, right? Could, yep. you, know, you put you put Ottawa three games back, you play them two more times. They still have two more games against Ottawa too. That's the that's the funny thing. Uh, you put them three games back, and you know you, they're pretty much out of touching distance at that point. It takes a, it would take a real effort to, for them to over to overtake you. And now, yeah. <laughs> now no, you're I, sit- I agree. I, I said it on the pod last week that I was worried that Montreal's bye week came at a bad time because they had kind of first gotten their first real momentum of the year with a win against, well, obviously a big win against Winnipeg, and then they had a win against Hamilton. And I was like, okay. And clearly, I don't know if that was it, but they came out just flat, boring, no good. Um, so, Pete, I'll get your opinion on this, and then let's move on. But, yeah, I think I agree, Tyler. Just disappointing that Montreal didn't have enough, too much pop heading into this one. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, pointing to what you you ended with, Jay. Just the uh, the turnovers is, is unexpected in um, a game that – I mean, yes, it's just Ottawa, but it's a team that's now only a game behind you. So where does that where does that put you now? Kind of tough tough to look at that in hindsight. Um, but yeah, that that was that was the one thing uh, I highlighted was just the slop, sloppy mistakes. That, sloppy mistakes. Um, I know that's tough. Like Trevor Harris, he only throws seven incompletions, but two of them are interceptions. It's not, not great. Very good. Not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. All right, we'll move on. I believe. Uh, Peter is going to give yes, us sir. lead the rundown of the Labor Day weekend showdown between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan at the beautiful Mosaic Stadium. Yes, the magic the magic of Mosaic was not lost on the game, perhaps on the uh, perhaps on the home team, but a great <laughs> game between uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as Blue Bombers win twenty to eighteen. Um, I mean, right off the bat, at the beginning of this game, uh, Saskatchewan looked sharp. They looked, I think, very different than what we stereotyped them as, as very boring. They were they were quick. They were efficient. Lots of just chunk plays um, with lots of yak um, from the receivers. Um, that looked very very encouraging um, going on going through the game. And in the first half, it was they they continued that um, throughout the. Uh, entire first half. Obviously, the run game was there as well, um, which I think I think that that diversity of play really really uh, suited them well. But uh, the defense for Saskatchewan just a bit susceptible to the uh, the long ball. I, and I thought I thought their defense played pretty well, though all things considered. Yeah, certainly, certainly. But the, I mean, and well, and I, I, I was I I wanted to point not that, that the whole game down. was that was that was a mistake, but like the or by the defense but and like great throws by Zach Caleros to to expose I guess gaps that some other quarterbacks may not see um just in the Saskatchewan right. defense Caleros rolling out right Caleros he, on second down is the most dangerous player in the CFL right now It's it's re- it is like Jake Mayer on impressive. every down. it's not like oh it, yeah he had a good first half we'll get to that It's not like he's Throwing for you know over 400 yards like like some of the other CFL quarterbacks would do on a on an impressive night or, or one we would we would think of uh, like that but um, really that that's what kept them in the game Makes and the and then players. I mean near the end of the game kind of doing exactly what Winnipeg does uh, yeah Nick Halle getting a huge interception off the um, tip ball um, on a pass from Cody Fajardo so. I mean that's that's it's it seems like it always was, it seems like was, it always happens. Yeah, did you see how he was laying on the turf like with his hands on his head exactly how he was at the end of the 2019 <laughs> Oh, it looked it was, eerily it was similar. Eerily similar. similar and very uncomfortable. He um, just it's it's not it's it's not it's not like it's not in Saskatchewan or Saskatchewan's nature to beat like Winnipeg, it's not really any CFL team's nature to no, be. Not for the last three years. Like yeah, it's not. It's not just how it's. This this team is truly dominant in not do, uh, do, dominant questionable, um, but certainly they do just enough to squeak out basically every game they play in. Um, and I now, I mean, 
recent news uh, related to this game. Bigger, Obviously. bigger than bigger than the game. Let's purge some demons. I think this is an attempt to purge some demons. I think John, I mean, John, why don't you, you? You were on this. You were on this before. It even I happened, was. John. I was. John, I was going to see if you guys wanted to talk about it, and that seems like a definitive yes. Yes, we want to. The Rough Riders have. The Rough Riders have released defensive lineman Garrett Marino. Garrett un, un, unemployed Marino. Yeah, you don't have yeah. a job because you simply couldn't. It wasn't your play. Be not racist. You, you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't not cheap shot it, m- the most important players in the league. <sighs> like literally, go shove a lineman after the play. Like go, that's three hundred and fifty pounds or whatever. Go yell at a fullback. No, you just said. I. You know what I'd like to do right now is I'd like to do a blindside hit on Zach Caleros. I think that's going to go over well. Garrett Marino um, never never met a, a skill position player who he didn't feel like spearing or... What do you think he was like to practice against? So I feel like he was probably in... Like, like all these, we now have these... Or, you know, well, I bet, it, I bet it was, he's just a nightmare to have on your team. All of these Saskatchewan players that were getting hurt on the uh, the offensive side these past two these past few years, you know, it's piling up injuries. I wonder how many are just Garrett Moreno just like targeting them in practice. Well, you guys heard about how so two weeks ago he got in a the report was he got in a verbal argument with staffers because they weren't listing him as first on the depth charts that they put out like, oh, through, like boy. on Twitter or Instagram. So he's upset about that. And then this. Uh, yeah, I mean, the dude sucks. I'm still trying to figure out a way to troll him on Twitter. But, you know, you guys will find out when that happens because it will happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he looks at his I mean, he looks at his mentions. There's no way. So but the guy sucks. Um, you know, I'm not one to ever, you know, take joy from people, you know, losing their jobs. But when you go out of your way to injure players, when you go out of your way to make dirty shots, you don't really... And make uh, racist remarks. Yourself, you haven't earned your... And make racist remarks, exactly. You haven't earned yourself a spot on the field, in my opinion. Uh, so, so glad to see him gone. And now I, I'm going to have to do an apology video, I'm sure, when Edmonton <laughs> picks him up next week. Um, but we'll cross that bridge. When that, that will be a poison chalice. They better not do that. Oh, I really hope not. I really hope not. No, that's that's the best news from this game. For He's sure. out of the league. I, I, I'll make the claim right now. I don't think he, he ever plays in the CFL again. Okay. I, I, I We'll see. He's got arena football or XFL written all yeah. over him. But I, I think this is this is a tough – I just want, I do want to say, though, like what a tough loss I think this is. They're all tough losses. No, but they aren't all, you know – Losing an eleven nothing lead at home, twenty one first, twenty one first downs, four hundred to total yards to the best team in the CFL. And I think you have, if you just look at like the production the team had, but this is classic riders. They just didn't score enough touchdowns. No, they just no. kept field I mean, goals. Said Lothar, who was three of four for field goals, but they just kept settling. Like look at you look at you know Shaq Evans, nearly a hundred yard game. You had Kyron Moore finding his feet again with a fifty yard game. You had Frankie Hickson busting off big runs left and right. So and good. I think Fajardo overall was pretty good. The la- the late interception was bad. It was, you know, it was a tipped ball, so these things happen. But but these things happen every week for Saskatchewan. Could not That's finish the drives in that first half and just let Winnipeg hang around, which is like you said, Tyler, like Kiss of death. Win- Winnipeg, they, they, there's no team more comfortable playing close games than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Like, that is not – the pressure does not get to these guys. They're cool I know. I know. I will so say – you can't Winnipeg, allow them to hang around. Dude, I, I know it's been an all-season, but I, going to the playoffs, I'm a little – I know there's a few – we've got some time before we're even talking about yeah. playoffs. Oh, by the way, congratulations to Winnipeg for the first team. Who to did clinch, clinch a playoff? Clinch playoffs. Playoff. Week 13. Um, week 13, clinch playoffs. Uh, it's wild. Um, but It's not bad. I, 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 is it weird to say I'm worried about Winnipeg? I mean, they are – No, I think this they, is exactly they what are, we predicted. Yeah, no, they are this just – pl- I know, but they got burned by Montreal – I know they got burned by Montreal. Yeah, Calgary. Cal- Calgary is hot on their ass, and I think with Jake Mayer has taken a huge step forward. And that was his first game against them. Dude. All right, 
he took a huge step forward against Winnipeg. I think he took a sizable step backwards against. Edmonton. I disagree, but we'll get to that game. Okay, but I would say we, we have some. Pl- this I have is some what important said. things hold up, hold up. to smoke you with in that Tyler, game. Tyler, hold up. Let's go. We yeah, this is what we said at the first episode of the season: is Winnipeg's defense is going to be able to keep them in all these games throughout the regular season, but at some point. You, you would think their offense is going to have to win them games. Now, there's players that are under those positions so far this year. Their offense has showed up and they've won those shootouts. Uh, so it seems like they always rise to the occasion. But, you know, it's, it's tough because I don't think I'd have to go through and look at the, you know, games week by week. But I don't remember the last time like Winnipeg like truly just like took it to a team. I guess they beat Montreal by 15 a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, I mean, they're always playing close games, and I think they're just comfortable with it. They're cool. It's, it's, it's kind the of law, weird. The law, the law of uh, regression says that, you know, uh, these are going to turn into L's against better teams in the playoffs in a playoff atmosphere, in my, in my you mind. Would, you would because, think. I mean, look, look at the re- you look at the receivers this game. Very unimpressive. I mean, Nick Dembski has the 50-yard touchdown. Basically, you take that off the board, and the receiving was not yeah. very good. Dalton Schoen, only two catches. Rashid Bailey's been an absolute no-show this season. We've talked about him not really playing where he should be playing. Yep. Um, you know, only two players with more than two catches. Yeah, we got to see if we can get Greg, Greg healthy. Got to yes. get Ellingson healthy. I think, I think he is the absolute key to this offense, and I think if he is not healthy and playing yeah. come playoff time, I, think they didn't, I, sh- I don't even think he should be playing for the rest of the regular season. I think they should be trying to keep him healthy. They've already clinched the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna yeah. lose. They're not gonna lose all their games without him. They may maybe drop another one or two. I think mentally they might take a step back just because they're, they've clinched so early. But they um, did that last. They clinched so early last year, and they were still firing. These yeah, that's but they, so were, they were better. They were better. Te- they were better. Te- they were better team last year. Just so good. But they're used. To- anyway, we'll talk more about this because these two teams are playing again. Let's move on. To what I think was maybe my least favorite performance by a team in a CFL game this year. Let's hear um, it. And that is Hamilton getting trounced 28-8 to against Toronto. Um, Hamilton scored on an interception return touchdown and a rouge, which means their offense uh, put up no points this game, uh, which is really bad. I'm going to give you guys a little uh, vocabulary lesson. The action of surrendering or ceasing to resist an opponent or demand. Capitulation. Yeah. That's what this was. It was just giving up and letting the Argos run them over. And giving up for a few reasons. I want to say, there, there has to be more to this quarterback situation in Hamilton but they listed Dane Evans as a full participant in three practices this week. So unless they're lying, which I'm pretty sure is against the rules, uh, <laughs> he is healthy. He was a healthy player. There is, he has had a bad season. There's no doubt about it. We've talked about it at length. There is simply no way either Jamie Newman or Jalen Morton were better options at quarterback for the Ticats on on um on monday there's simply no way which leads me to believe my take is that i think dane evans is on his way out of hamilton i think they're going to trade him where do you think think yeah i think they're going to trade him to the montreal alouettes yeah Um, alouettes trade va out and i think that montreal will look for him as an insurance policy um, behind Harris. You think, just you, think Harris you think Harris would demand a trade out of there? No, why would Harris? Harris so no, secure. He, the, he would. He, that trade would Evans be has, like contingent on the fact that Evans T. Harris. Has a backup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Contingent yeah, on just, the fact that T. Think, Harris would have safety. Yeah, and Harris is the starter, but I just don't. I think that I think Montreal. They're still looking. You know, they're still second in the East. I think that they would feel more com- comfortable with say Evans as a backup going into the playoffs and down the stretch rather than um, Dom Davis. That's my own personal opinion. But there's something more to this because I know Evans does have a little bit of an injury, but if you've listed him as a full participant, you've said he's healthy. 
I don't exactly know how he stays on the sideline. Doesn't even have a helmet. Like, he didn't, he, if you looked on the sideline, by the way, he didn't have a helmet on all game. He had his hat on. He was not going to play this game. Um, so it was incredibly weird. On the flip side, you had Toronto just being the better team. Um, I think I would like to highlight, because I slided him in our pod group chat earlier, I made the comment uh, that I thought Toronto might need to figure out their running game before getting into the home stretch. And then AJ Ouellette had a really, really solid game. 46 yards rushing. He had 70 yards receiving. Was a He's great option out of the backfield He's for MBT. So I was like, shout out to that guy. But then let's just get it because this may be the last deep thought I give to the Ticats this season. I get they're only one game out of a playoff spot. They're going into a bye week, so maybe they figure things out. And maybe the two teams ahead of them in the East mess things up enough that Hamilton can somehow piece together. Uh, I think Toronto's put it together, but yeah. No, no but well, no, that's why I said the two yeah. teams ahead yeah. of them. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Toronto's, Toronto's the third team. They're, yeah. But I mean, like, I guess you just, like, I, I don't really understand exactly what their game plan was here. Because, like, they gave, they gave their, like, so you're playing with a quarterback who is not, comfortable in the passing game it's against the best defense in the east and yet you don't prioritize the run at all don jackson has three carries makes no sense ste comes in has three carries for 39 yards which is really good the dickinson that's all he gets you know i I just don't like what was the plan there like you have you're not going to take any pressure off this first time starting quarterback you're just going to let him go out there and wing it and get hit. And it, it was an absolute mess. I, I just couldn't actually believe what I was seeing. It was a horrible effort. Um, yeah, I was not a fan of that. It was, it was stupid. It not, was good for the lead. not good for the tell league. Us, tell us how you feel, Jay. Dude, it was, yeah, that's, this was the most, I was just like, and trust me, I've watched, every Edmonton game this year, so I know what a bad performance looks like. But this was just absolutely junk from the Ticats. I get... Yeah. I get that, like, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and again and expect a, you know, a different result. Yes. But, like, to do... To go with a different plan of action, just make sure, like, it's a good one, I guess, is what the Ticats should... Well, just don't throw... Just don't throw players that aren't ready. Yeah. Like, clearly. What, what I mean, clearly. They, like, they weren't, they weren't exactly. practiced with this guy. They knew he wasn't ready. <laughs> no. No, exactly. Like, what exactly... If... Again, I know... I get it. I get that they can't play Dane Evans every game and expect could. not to lose. I get that yeah. because they've done... They did it for the entire first half of the season. Yeah. And they were horrible. They are horrible. They are horrible. And but, so, like... But, like, that's... That's the, like... That, like it's worse. It's a worse option. No, what do we? Because like you're, you're a game. You're a game out of a playoff spot if you're Hamilton. Right. Like you are in it. You are in it, and you can't come up with anything more creative. You and like obviously they're they know they're up against it, so they have to think creatively. And there was nothing more creative than this. There's nothing <laughs> like smarter than this. Like I like it's obviously we're no freaking football geniuses over here but you have to say okay at least like throw something out there like throw some kind of effort out there greater than this because this was just freaking ridiculous yeah okay i was not happy happy. i'm gonna say it in a meaner way it was fucking bullshit it was (laughs) frigging bullcrap i agree tyler let's move on this is making my blood boil well, this game, this about, will make it. This game will make you so much happier. I'm, I'm so. Uh, uh, this was the best performance from Edmonton all season. Better than all three of their wins. Okay, let's get into this. It. Was great, Tyler. Take us away because I'm so excited to see how you spin this. Oh, you. Oh, you're not even. We talked about not doing numbers, but we're going to be doing some numbers. Um, <laughs> Tell me what's up. Uh, so the the story of this game for one half was was already printed. The, the all the journalists that sat there on their typewriters. Right now, those nerds, those nerds. Right now, how Jake Mayer shouldn't shouldn't have been starting. That he wasn't. Re- he's really not ready. We've only seen him in we've only seen him in six CFL games, which he's done very well in. Regardless, they 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 were the narrative was being written. 
He was had a terrible first half, admittedly. Uh, but then in the second half, Jake Mayer came out uh, slinging. He did. Slinging. I believe 12 of his first 14 were for completions. Just absolute fire in the second half. Led Calgary back. Put up 15 points in the third quarter and shut up all the haters almost immediately. Uh, and Calgary went on. Uh, you have to say Taylor Cornelius' best game as an Edmonton Elk. Um, looked, looked good out there. Uh, yeah. Looked more than good. Looked like somebody who, you know, Should start. If we're ta- if we're talking about Edmonton as a team that we've talked about looking forward to to the next season and what they want to do, um, t- it, this is Taylor Cornelius's job if he wants it, but he just has to play well, well the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and this is certainly uh, he's starting to look better. Um, he ended up finishing with 250 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Just just looked without his best receiver. By far his best game. Yeah. Without 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 a Kenny. You put Kenny Lawler out there. I think they maybe win the game. Maybe I don't know. I think it's certainly uh, Dylan Mitchell for who's that of the week. Uh, oh shit, we know who that is. I know. Yeah, come on, but, bro. <laughs> put put up a Kenny Lawler like game. Uh, but uh, the story is Jake Mayer's comeback second half. Uh, Calgary put it away. Calgary defense still awesome. Awesome. Death taxes in the Calgary D line being very good this year. Um, uh, Those guys are beasts. It, it's a beast of a team. I I, I mean Calgary is still I mean, my gut six, says six sacks is no joke. We talk about taking. We talk about the, making some bold predictions and just going with some gut. Calgary to me just feels like a team that with Winnipeg just sort of like wobbling through games. I know Jake Mayer had his shot at them, and it's probably one of Calgary between that and the BC game, probably their two worst defensive games. Um, but they're they're right there, and if I just. It's it's just a matter of them just going out and, and, and finishing those games off that they've that they've been leading in the fourth quarter against uh, teams like Winnipeg and well, BC with with uh, Rourke. But uh, I'm going to give you a little stat here. So everybody, everybody, we were all I and I even had to admit that I was wrong at the beginning of the season about Bo. Okay, because Bo started off the season incredibly well. How incredibly well? Okay, well Bo's beginning of the season, his first two games, both dubs. His yards per attempt were 12.7 and 11.5. That's very good. Very good. That's incredible. That's Here's a first pro- down per completion. It's it's fucking good. <laughs> Here's the problem with Bo Levi Mitchell in his preceding one, two, three, four, five starts. 5.9, 6. 6.7, 6.8, 5.1, 6.4. So that means... He stopped pushing the ball down the field, and his yards per attempt were, went plummeting down. Yes. And with re, with the receiving core on this team, I don't think it should be that low. This is still a pretty good receiving core. I don't really find an excuse for 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 having a game with below six yards per attempt. It just shouldn't happen. He's got good receivers. Jake Mayer's two starts: nine point two, ten point five. I agree. I'm just saying. I think no. I think they're better. He's got a better. Say, he's got a better. He has a better arm right now. Now Bo Levi's had some injuries last season. I don't know if any of that's nagging him this season. Obviously, not enough to keep him out of the team. But you know, you have to wonder if the durability of his shoulder was an issue this season, which has led to Jake Mayer being the quarterback. That being said, Jake Mayer, you have to say, has picked it up pretty quickly. I understand he had a bad half, but that second half was he came out. Slam, and that's what you that's the thing he goes on these runs where he'll go like 12 of 13 you know the nine of nine of ten you know eight of eight that's the kind of stuff that that makes calgary to me without nathan rourke in the league makes him extremely if we're looking at the quarterbacks makes him extremely dangerous um is is he is extremely accurate when when and when he's hot he is hot so I think this is a you know tip of the hat to the Elks. I don't think Calgary played terrible. I think that he had a bad half, and then you know Edmonton played well. I mean you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due. I don't want to just rag Edmonton and Calgary played Edmonton, so you know Calgary's got to beat them by the money line or who gives a shit? They beat them by eight points, despite being a half where they were completely outplayed in my opinion. But their defense kept them in it, and then they put it away in the third quarter, which is. Which is the difference I see right now, maybe with Calgary and Winnipeg, Winnipeg or uh, 
Winnipeg just doesn't bury teams. Calgary came out in that third quarter and buried a team, and they just couldn't come back. I think, yeah, I mean, I think I would disagree. I'd push back a little on that. I think Winnipeg, like, is incredibly timely with when they have their big scores and when they put the pedal down. Yeah. But I agree that they don't, they obviously haven't put teams away too many times this year. Um, I will say the big takeaway from this game, and I was having a few Twitter interactions with it over during the game, because I just think, like, maybe one of the toughest positions of any player or coach this season must have been Dave Dickinson at the half there. And what I would consider a must-win game from the standpoint that you can't afford to lose to Edmonton at home if you're Calgary as you're stacking how your season's going to go. And you've got a two-time MOP on the bench. You have to be considering that. I think he made the right choice. I think setting, I said this on, I tweeted this, I think setting the precedent that you're going to get benched if you had a bad half is really, really bad and an incredibly slippery slope. Uh, so I commend Dickinson with sticking with Mayer. I commend Mayer uh, for getting the job done um, and staying with it. Um, and like you said, Tyler, putting the pedal down right after the half. Um, but I think that that QB competition obviously got a lot. It, the, the gas was turned up this weekend. It's not done. Is all you think I it's say. you think it's not done? No, there's no way it's done. No, there's I don't. No I don't. I don't done. think. I don't think for his for the locker room he can he can just switch back. unless Jake truly falls off a cliff and not just one game. I'm talking like two to three games. No, dude, but that's what I'm saying. But this is what happened. Horrible. Bo Levi, Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell. I just read. But I just I just read you. I know, but he was six and three. I know, but that's like okay. Here's here's the here's the thing. Hold up. Let me take my point really quick. Bo Levi was leading them to an incredibly successful year. His only three losses were to Winnipeg, both competitive, and then to BC, incredibly competitive. And so Bo Levi didn't completely fall off a cliff. He just, I agree, Tyler, he had gradually worse and worse games till it became a point where you couldn't help but ask yourself the question, okay, we've got to see what a different quarterback looks like in this system. We've got to see somebody else do the job. Bo led the Stampeders to a, what, 49-6 to victory over the Edmonton earlier. So it's not like he's incapable of bad, of big performances. So I think if Mayer, let's say he goes out this week against Edmonton and has a pretty crappy half or he has a bad three quarters, I don't think at all, under no circumstances, does Mayer have some super long leash where he's going to be able to have two bad back-to-back games. He's got to keep competing, in my mind. I think, you know, I would say Caleros, probably Trevor Harris right now, considering Montreal's quarterback situation. Um, And then I don't know who else. Those are maybe the only people who are completely, you know, impervious to getting benched right now. I, I don't think Mayer is in that company. Okay, I would just say that wins are are great and they were winning those games that you're talking about but i feel like it's sort of like a pitcher in baseball you know when i was a kid it's like all important that pitchers would win 20 games that was like the most important stat is did they win the game but after time has gone by people realize win is a misleading stat because the rest of the team can carry people to wins and so i know wins are not a quarterback stat i get that and so to me they won those games on the back of of having the best running healthy running back in the cfl and a dominant defense, and he chipped in. I mean, even in that forty-nine to six game, you think you thought you would have thought he threw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Threw for two seventy-five and two. I mean, that's fine. Pretty solid. That's <laughs> that's fine, but you know, it is pretty solid. But when you score forty-nine points, you're thinking like, oh my god, Bo must have just torched these fools. He had an okay yeah. game. It a good game. Yeah, I, I mean, and this was the first week of the season, so Edmonton is a totally different team now. But uh, Nick Arbuckle started that game. Good times. Uh, good times. Uh, let's get on to Preds, though. Let's get, all I'm saying, it, it ain't over. Okay. It ain't over. First, we're going to talk league leaders, and I've got a hot take for you guys. Okay. Pass yards, still Nathan Rourke, 3,281. Rushing yards, 
Brady Olivera, 692. <laughs> Receiving yards, Jalen Acklin, 963. Ooh. I think we're going to get our first 1,000-yard receiver this week, uh, which should be pretty exciting. Nice. Um, sacks, Lorenzo Malden grabbed himself two against the Alouettes to take the league lead with 10. Here is my hot take. Because what have we been talking about this whole review? We've been talking about, you know, the good, the okay, but the not great quarterback play. Nathan Rourke, if he doesn't take another snap this season, should be the MOP in a landslide. Oof. Oof. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, I told you it was spicy. He no. is so far and away the best player in the league. Right, and I believe even if he doesn't take a snap – for the rest of the season, he has to he has an opportunity to prove that over the entirety of next season, but unfortunately, okay, so you, you he just, would not have to. I just the ability don't. I, I don't. Prove I that think, over I just don't a think majority of the season, because I think yeah. it's tough though. Because I would say, okay, well, Pete, would you say, would you say it's looking like if it doesn't go to Vork, it's probably going to go to Caleros. Yes. No, J- no, Jamal Peters is going to keep getting multiple interceptions per game. That would be hilarious. <laughs> By the way, Jamal Peters' stat, which I tweeted this out as well. So he's had five interceptions the last two weeks. That's the same amount of interceptions he had in the last 63 games he played in college and the pros. <laughs> it's so wow. sick. Big uptick in production. But so I, I just feel like it's tough giving the award to Caleros when he's so clearly not the best at his position in the league, right? Yeah, but the way they win is certainly outstanding. No, it, and I get, and if you, if it's simply the if the award is you give it to the best player on the best team, then he wins it, and that's totally fair. Yeah, it depends on what you're. I think it's base, just tough it's to because baseball's interpretation of the rule. Like, baseball's MVP interpretation is simply best player. Like, Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP. Yeah. Maybe Aaron Judge, but probably Shohei just because he's the best player doing the best things. Right. And his team's not going to make the playoffs. God, the Angels. Rourke is not going to play any more games, I would think. I still think he's he's for sure the MOC. And maybe they just give him that as... It's not a consolation, I don't think, but maybe they just give him that and not the MOP. But I, yeah. I think he's both. Just like that's to see a full think. full body of – I mean, not that we haven't gotten a full body of work, but – That's my hot take for the day. Yeah, I like it. That's hot. Something to think about. Let's, let's, let's pred. Like you said, Tyler, let's get into preds. We got, we're got. we starting the week with a fresh matchup. BC and Montreal Wait, have can, not played can we week. Can we go over the, the pred leaders real quick? It is you – Okay. Because we all went 3-1 and one this week. Pretty good week for most of us. I think, except yeah. for Matt. I don't know. I can't track what Matt's doing. That guy is – and listeners, turn down the volume on your headsets because Matt's preds are so hot that they may scald your eardrums coming through your sound of Hot, hot is synonymous for absolutely gobshite. <laughs> <laughs> but we Peter. will go Tyler, Peter, John – I have a question. Who's going to start for BC in this game? So Antonio Pipkin has taken the initial from the first practices back after their bye week. Pipkin was taking the most reps. We kind of glossed over this earlier, but Mm. you know if you're listening to this podcast that Vernon Adams is now a BC Lion, traded from Montreal Alouettes. Obviously, the plan is for Vernon Adams to be their starting quarterback. Yes. Right. Must be. Obviously. Yes. So, and they were lucky enough to have a bye week um, to work him into the system. So he's going to have a solid, I think, you know, at least a week and a half of practice um, before this game. Um, He's a full participant in practice, but I don't know. I think Pipkin will probably start, um, but we'll see. We'll see. This makes this a tough pred and a pred that are we able to change our preds based on who might be starting? Because I gotta as be honest, as long as the game doesn't start, yeah, we I, can we can, we can change our pred. I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a conditional pred then. If Pipkin is the starter, I'm going with Montreal, and if VA starts, I'm going with BC. Okay. Because um, I, I do I do I do think 
Montreal has a terrible pass defense and they have a passable run defense. So if Pipkin is playing, there'll be a lot more running and Montreal doesn't have to worry so much about their cornerbacks getting burned. Uh, we saw BC really struggle without Rourke or O'Connor uh, to, to get the ball into the end zone, which is something we haven't been able to say about them all season. And I really think it, it didn't look good. Uh, so VA, I think, changes that and uh, opens the opens the playbook up a little bit. Yeah, I I no unconditional pick, meaning no conditions. Thank you. Thanks. I will be picking the BC Lions to win this game. Um, I still think, despite the quarterback play, I think they have the weapons to get it done. I think they'll be able to tame um, the Montreal uh, passing game and run game. Um, that that being Montreal's offense, um, and yeah, I, I I think BC is one of the best the best teams in the league, and just, I know Nathan Rourke plays a large part in that, as he is, has been the best player in the league. Um, throughout the first half of this sort of coming on second half of the season um but yeah i still think i still think the lions get it done so that's what like i i think you know bc's There's loss no... to saskatchewan in the first game after rourke they only lost by a score against what i think was a Saskatchewan team playing at their ceiling. So that's actually like, it's surprising how well they played with what was, I would say, incredibly subpar quarterback play. Yeah, unfortunately. So I think if they can even get, you know, decent quarterback play, this is a game that BC should win. Yes. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to pick BC. And I just have no trust in Montreal. I, I, I have no faith in them. So I trust this BC defense uh, to put up a solid showing. That's that's my take. Likewise. Uh, and then Matt is going to pick the Montreal Alouettes because he's a madman. Well, I'm, I I mean yeah, I just put a I put like a less spicy take yeah. on it. Sorry. Yeah, but I I, I would put an, honest, put an put an honest take on it. I just see remove the BC quarterback from the equation. I see the BC defense turning over the Alouettes two or three times. Yeah, yeah. but Montreal's Montreal's weird like that, right? They'll like go out and, and dude. Have I know, these, totally. You know what I, mean? I agree. It's, it's I agree. It's, it makes no sense. They, 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 they make the bar. They make no sense. Like Geno Lewis can go out and have like t- ten catches, one hundred and eighty yards, and two yeah. touchdowns, and you'd be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, totally reasonable. Oh, you first. Oh, I we almost didn't mention it, guys. Uh, Jake Winicky scored a touchdown this week. He's Jake Winicky sighting. Um, but if no, only I, I if only somebody no. started him in fantasy. I don't know. Montreal could totally come back, uh, but I don't think they will. I, contrary to what Tyler might say, the BC defense is a good defense, um, and I think I think they'll uh, they'll get to the quarterback. They're just they're coming off having seven sacks against the um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, so I think they get to the quarterback. They put pressure on. And they get the job done. Let's move to Toronto versus Ottawa. Uh, these teams first matched up. Hottest teams in the East. What was that? Was that week uh, week nine? No, week ten. No, it was way further back than that. When did they? Well, geez, when did they? Week, yeah, week no, sorry, week eight. Yeah. Week eight. Okay, uh, when Ottawa back. beat Toronto 23-13. Now they're playing in Ottawa. Peter, what say you? I... God, this was a tough one for me. I... God, Ottawa's looking for their third in a row. God, I've been going back. I'm going to pick the Toronto Argonauts. Oh, I was going to say, let the spice throw, flow through you. No spice to the book. To the book. To the book. It's the man I am. Um, I believe the Toronto Argonauts first place in the East. Um, get the job done. It's. I know Ottawa's run one, two in a row, but it's still just the sporadic 
having a hit, you know, <laughs> having a history of performing very, very poorly thing for me for the Ottawa Red Blacks. That really uh, gives way to my decision rather than the Argonauts impressing me, other than the fact that um, I think they've they've got things figured out for the most part. Yeah, the, the Argos have a winning record this year. Right. Okay? <laughs> Ottawa is 3-8. and eight. So right. while Ottawa is on a two-game win streak, uh, Toronto's um, the better team. Yes. So I have the Argos winning. Um, this is, but this is, you. This would be a great, great chance for Toronto to say, "All right, we're not going to be blowing these these games against the bottom half of the Eastern Conference for the rest of the season." No. Just the if if Toronto can just start winning their, you know, should win games. Um, I think I might start talking about them as being a contender uh, for winning the Grey Cup. Because uh, right now, I think, you know, you I would I would put money, I would say they're probably going to host the Eastern Final. I think they're going to win the Eastern regular season. But I still don't have any faith on them, you know, either winning that game um, or beating the Western representative in a Grey Cup. But if they can start... You know, having Pun- punchers, ch- punchers chance. So you just gotta get there. Teams and just like start building momentum. This is a this is a win you've got to have. They play Ottawa twice the next two weeks. Just put Ottawa away. Just say no. You, the streak stops here. We're the best team in the East. I think Toronto wins it. I will echo what's been said. I also will just give two things. Toronto has the best defense in the East. I don't think that's a question for me. It's not a question. I think we've nope. I've seen I've seen it enough, uh, and I think MVT cut down on the turnovers. It feels like he's got at least one to two in him a game, but MVT is playing really like what I, the level I think he should be playing. Um, I, I am genuine generally happy in terms of like quarterbacks who have no threat of being you know displaced. MVT's got to be at the top of that list. Uh, He's a solid performer. He's not, he's not a, a Nathan Rourke type stud. He's just a guy who, you know, throws 300 yards and a touchdown or two, and that's that's fine. Because with their defense, that's all he needs to be. Yep. Agreed, agreed. Matt, let's all say it at once. Three, two, one. Matt picks Ottawa. Matt's just Matt. How far back is Matt and Preds? Because he is. He's back a ways. Yeah, I think he's, he's just. I think he's just given. Uh, he's getting no, one. Just throw it. Throw one must. Sur- one must just surrender to the basement at a certain point. I've been there. Saskatchewan at Winnipeg, a rematch, the Banjo Bowl. Um, I am picking first. I'm going to pick the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because that is what rational people do: is they pick the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I don't think I need to elaborate. We nope. saw this game last week. You had Sketch playing well, but they couldn't finish. Winnipeg are finishers. And they, there's maybe nothing better to be in sports than somebody who just finishes. Matt or, in, or, in, or in life, just generally. That's nice, yes. Tyler. I knew I, I shouldn't have set you up for that. Matt will be picking the Rough Riders. Dude, no, he's not. He's yes he is. Yes, no, he is. he's fucking. <laughs> yes he is. <laughs> what a mad, what a madman. What about now, Tyler? What say you? It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Come on now, like we've how many times? How many times is Saskatchewan gonna lose to Winnipeg in a row? Like what? What is the point? Like, like I would love to hear Matt's justification as to you know for the other you know eight games in a row Saskatchewan's lost to Winnipeg. Why he now feels other than just. Well, oh, like, he's just just spice. It's all spice. Okay, that or maybe he he would probably just say like law of averages. Like Saskatchewan has to win eventually, and it is true. They will be. I, I will predict this boldly. One day, maybe not this season, maybe not even next season, but at some point, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will probably beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. At in, some point, will they beat them in Winnipeg? No. Matt predicted this weekend that. Saskatchewan Winnipeg is going to be the Grey Cup showdown. Okay. Which I I think I can see that happen. Wow. That would but, be that would be wild. But it is a spite a spicy take. It would be an incredible Grey Cup in Saskatchewan with that rivalry. 
I mean, that may be the best thing to ever happen to the league. Yeah, that would be awesome. If Co- but if Cody were to win that, he would just have to retire immediately. He would. <laughs> Peter, I know who you're going to pick because I know you're smart. Well, despite the uh, burden of employment of Garrett Marino being lifted off the Rough Riders' shoulders, I will be picking the Blue Bombers because I'm smart. And that's what smart people do, as John alluded to. Let's talk another smart person pick. I'll have Matt lead us. He's going to pick the Edmonton Elks. I mean, Damn just, it, dude. This is, a, this is a barn fire. Would, like, would it be, I'd be pretty sick if Matt picked up four on us, though. Matt just, is going to go He's not going to. Four. He's going to lose all of them. Tyler, we're back around to the front. Well, let's just say, hold up. Are we all picking Calgary? Yes. yes. Come on of now. Of course. What did, you, what did you see in the second half that would make you think otherwise? No, no nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I think Nothing. I loved, I loved Edmonton's competitiveness. And I, I just hope that they build on that. I just want to see, you know, they got to the quarterback. Jake Ceresna had a couple sacks. They obviously turned the ball over. They, they, they made Calgary turn the ball over. I need just Edmonton to keep competing. That being said, Calgary is clearly the better team and should win this game. Because, um, like, they won the game playing an absolutely horrible first half last week. So if they play an okay two halves, they're going to win, is my take. I think that's, I think that's Are we all in agreement? About, about accurate. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like, I, I hope Jake Mara continues to show us what he's made of. I, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to see any more regression. All right. With that being said, we'll do a little fantasy rundown before heading out of here. Um, Matt won the week. Uh, his top performer was Nick Dembski with 20.6. Peter... Strong showing in second place with Speedy B. He had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. Uh, 22.4 points. Pretty good showing. Very nice. Uh, I came in third without a quarterback. So really I see this as quite a big victory. Um, I had Reggie Bagleton come through with 22.7 points. And Tyler, who actually had the top performer of the week, Jalen Acklin with 22.9 points, but he comes in a fairly distant fourth with only 60.4 points. Of course, he started Dom Rimes, who was on a bye. Oops. Sketch D didn't help him out. Dalton yep. Schoen luckily caught a touchdown. Um, but yeah, he's a, a touchdown. Roughly, he's a touchdown depending. My team is weak. I, I, like I'll be honest. Like I, I Dude, kind of. I don't have a quarterback right now. Yeah, okay, but you had Nathan Rourke for most of the season. I had Cody Fajardo and Trevor Harris. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I the fact that I was even leading at, at the midway point is bananas to me. Let's review the leaderboard. I am the first player to reach 1,000 points, and actually I hit 1,000 on the dot. So I'm in first. Tyler trailing me. Tyler, you're at 945.8, right on your heels. I think Matt's gonna. I think Matt's gonna catch your ass. I'm being honest with you. I, I do. I do. I feel that. I don't. Like I said, I don't have a quarterback right now. I can't keep putting up. You know, I can't keep putting up these short-staffed lineups. But Matt is. You going for Starbuckle? Do you have Starbuckle? No, I have VA. Oh, so I just need of... VA to start, and then I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt in third, 936.6. And almost a hundred points behind him, nine hundred or sorry, ninety nine point nine points behind Matt at eight hundred and thirty six point seven is Peter Boyler. Hello, uh, Peter. This was your best week of the year, so hopefully something to build from. I certainly hope so. All right, haven't been building Guys, much this season in fantasy. No, you haven't been building much, but. You can maybe maybe grab yourself third place. I can try. Can try. All right. Guys, do we have anything else to say? Let's just reiterate one more time how happy we are that Garrett Marino is unemployed. Um, that's awesome. I can't really think of a better way to kick off the CFL week. 
I love I can't that. wait when when uh, BC and Montreal kick off. You know the TSN booth is going to make mention of it, and they're all going to say he deserved it. And I'm just going to smile and nod my head in agreement. And I'm excited for that moment. I'm excited so, for you. Looking forward to week 14, um, and we wish you all the best. Can now I got week. I got one I got one oh. little anecdote. We got we always got to have a little something at the end. Come on now, Tyler. I was in attendance. Okay. This weekend, this past weekend, I did not go to a CFL game, but I did go to a GFL game. Oh. That would be the German Football League for for those of you keeping score at home. Um, I was uh, taken by a friend who I've met made here, uh, who likes Dear? American American football. Uh, his name is uh, Josh. His nickname, oh. is, his nickname is Yoshi. Uh, <laughs> And he, he big big American football fan, but has never seen an American football game or a Canadian football game for that zap in person. So we went to a now Berlin actually has a few teams. In fact, there's I I learned from him that uh, recently the uh, you may remember NFL Europe back in the day. Yes. Uh, um, well, they have brought that back and is now called uh, I'm on the European League of Football, and it was only started uh, last year. So this is an international, um, so this is like NFL Europe, basically they brought it back. It's got three conferences. You've got the Berlin Thunder, who were like one of the original teams, and if you remember, yep. they were, uh, you've got the Hamburg Sea Devils, you've got the Leipzig Kings, uh, the Warsaw Panthers. It's, I, the only thing I don't like about this is just too many like NFL team names in here, but we can get to them. Uh, then you've got the Central Conference, which is the Frankfurt Galaxy. Yes. The, Tyrol Raiders, uh, that's in northern Italy, uh, the Stuttgart Surge, the Vienna Vikings, and then the third conference is the Southern Conference, which is the Barcelona Dragons, the Cologne Centurions, the Istanbul Rams, yes, Istanbul has a team, and the Rain Fire, I don't know where Rain is, R-H-E-I-N, I'd have to Google it, and then it looks like they're expanding even further into Hungary, Milan, and somewhere in Greece next season. Jeez. Um, so... We actually went to, that's the European Football League. So that's like the top level. Um, GFL is probably the best uh, um, top, you know, individual country uh, league. So we went to the home of the Berlin Adler. Uh, a little like 300, maybe 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 could be like 500 people at the stadium. But it's really nice, good turf. Uh, the game was between their, their second team versus uh, the Berlin Cobras. Don't ask me how they're both Berlin. The Adler have been there since the 80s. The whole the Cobras have only been they actually Cobras are in my neighborhood and they've only been around for like two or three years. Uh, the the level of class was quite different between the two teams. Um, the Adler crushed, crushed. They had uh you know guys who looked like they played maybe uh, in, a little bit in junior college and things like that. So they they had it together. The quarterback play was uninspiring. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say they're, they're giving it a go. They were out there giving it a go. I, I will say that it improved uh, as the game went on, but it was a tough watch at, uh, to the first half. It was now keep in mind, I was watching division three German professional American football. So um, it was a little rough at times. Uh, Josh's friend had a friend on the team that played linebacker for the Adler. And he, I swear, I, I swear he had, maybe 20 tackles he was <laughs> just I, I he was out of position sometimes just because he was just looking to lay lumber like he was yeah. and he was he was he was a beast uh so it was good to see his friend just go off and just the other team ran the ball a lot and he was just running downhill just looking to smack somebody every play fantastic some good Again, hits that's cfl 2.0 in action tyler you got to get out there and you got to start recruiting and bring some global players back to the league. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going to go to a Berlin Thunder game uh, as soon as I can. Uh, th their stadium is not too far out of reach for me. Um, you got. You've got to go to a Podstam Royals game of the German Football League. That is where uh, Theodric Hansen, of course, of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers went. So maybe you can wear, get some bomber gear, wear it to one of their games. I'm not going to be buying bomber gear ever. Um, <laughs> But it would be sick. It would be a great talking point. 
it would be a great talking point. Perhaps I'd wear a Saskatchewan gear, and that'd be pretty funny though. I'd be like, oh, look at this idiot. Maybe we I'm could bridge. Boy, maybe I'm we could maybe, rival. Maybe we could bridge the gap. I'm looking at the schedule real quick. Uh, when is the next Berlin Thunder game? Next Berlin Thunder game. That's in Hamburg. Uh, when's the next time I can go? Sorry, I'm just doing some scrolling because it's not on their website. God, they play so away think, a lot. Um, we'll get. We'll get. Here to we this go. Next here we episode. go. Okay. Here, here we go. Okay. All right. I know when I'm. I know when I'm going. We're gonna make it happen. Uh, looking forward to my first Berlin Thunder game. I missed one by like a couple days, but I'm gonna make it happen. Good. Good. Oh, We're yeah. gonna report back. We're going to talk about GFL, um, and then we're going to we're going to get back to all you fine people next week. Yes, indeed. Tyler, enjoy the start of your day. Hey, appreciate it, Peter. Good night. Peter, good night. Good Me. night from Texas. Peace out, boys, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>